We're going to continue in our series entitled, The Word Became Flesh. And last month, we heard some amazing testimonies of God's power, of His presence, of His purpose through the lives of our very own, right here in our church member and church family. And we heard how Jesus disciples us. We, we learned about Jesus' lordship and how of a good leader he is. We, we heard about God's power, his, his healing power, his love. We heard about how he is the one who is our father. He is our healer. If you miss any of that, it's available on our podcast. I, I think it will be an incredible blessing if you listen to it. But today, we're going to start a new chapter in our sermon series, The Word Became Flesh. And what we're about to do, what we're set to do, is go right to the foundation of our faith. And when I say the foundation of our faith, I mean Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. There is nothing else. And so the Bible even tells us this. The Apostle Paul, who wrote quite a lot of our latter part of the Bible, he's a follower of Jesus Christ, he said, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus. Nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So in this series, we're going to hear about Jesus so that we can know Jesus because the Bible tells us to know Jesus is to know God. That's how we know God is through Jesus, And I believe that is why God brought all of us here today, every single one of us, so that we can know Jesus, either for the first time or in deeper and greater ways, because he is life. Let's read our Bible quote for the series, and you can fill in your blanks here, from John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as, the, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So kids, I've got a question for you. Who is the Word? Who is the Word? Over there, Esther. Who is it? God? Close. Who else? Oh, Arthur. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. Okay. I've got another question for you, and this one's actually for Shekels, Dustin. Teacher Dustin, we've got Shekels here, okay? So this question is for Shekels. What did God use to create the world? Right? Uh, words. That's exactly right. All right, fantastic. Shekels over there. Now here's something very interesting. The book of John that we're in tells us as that through Jesus, the Word that all things were made, and without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. It was through Jesus, the Word, that all things were made. The title of our message this morning is, In the Beginning. In the Beginning. Have you ever tried to watch a movie, starting at the middle of the movie? It's not so much fun, is it? Why is it not fun? Because you don't understand it very well. You, you, unless somebody who knows the beginning tells you about the beginning up until now, then it starts to somehow make sense. But 
the middle of a book, the middle of a movie, not so much fun, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's the same with life. Unless we know the beginning, the middle part of the story, which we're all born into, doesn't make a lot of sense. True? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So there's a really important question that we're going to ask, and this is our first point. Point number one, how did we get here? How do we get here? I'm not talking about how did you get to church, okay? Or even, (laughs) yeah, good job. You drove? Man, getting younger and younger these days. Not even talking about how we get to earth through how we were born, but how do all of us as people, human beings, get here on earth? How did we come to exist on earth? That's a huge question, but it's also a very important question. Because when we understand how we got here, we're also going to understand why we're here. Because we as Christians believe in Genesis 1-1, right? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what we believe. God created the heavens and the earth. But did you know that not everyone believes that in our world today? Not everyone believes in Genesis 1-1. And and some of us who believe in Genesis 1-1 might even have a hard time talking with somebody who doesn't believe in the Bible why we believe what we believe, right? We, we can say, and I believe it's very important that we say, well, the Bible tells us. But sometimes it's difficult to share with somebody who doesn't know the Bible or doesn't believe the Bible why we believe that. So that's a little bit about what we're going to be talking about, not just only today, but through this series, why we believe what we believe. I'm going to use an illustration from a Bible teacher. His name is Sean McDowell, and we're going to use our imagination for this. Do you guys still have your imagination? Okay. If you don't, put it on. Okay. So imagine that you are walking through the woods. We're not using that picture just yet. Imagine you're walking through the woods, and you're actually lost. Okay. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but if you've ever been lost in the woods, it's kind of scary right? You feel alone. You might even be cold. And as you walk in, you're, you're wondering, I just want to find my way. I don't know where am I, but I just want to, I want to find somewhere safe at least. And then you look and you actually see, you see something and it's a cabin, okay? You know that, those wood kind of houses out of nowhere. So of course, you're going to start going to it, yeah? Because you're cold. So you start going to it and as you start approaching the cabin, you notice something very interesting. And it's something that you hear. It's actually music. It's not just any kind of music. It's actually your favorite song that's playing. And it's one of those songs that not everyone knows about. So you, you, you're very interested and in some ways comforted. So you go to the front door and you're going to knock, but the, the door is already opened. So you kind of peek inside, and as you do, you notice two things. You notice a jacket hanging on the wall and shoes on the ground that look just like your shoes, where they're at least your size in the shoes and the jacket that, and the style that you would like to wear. So that's very interesting. And the cabin's warm, and it's very inviting, so you decide to go in a little bit. And, and you enter into the kitchen, and in the kitchen, you open up the fridge, and guess what? 
in the fridge is stocked with food, and not just any kind of food, it's all the food that you like. It's your favorite snacks, it's your favorite food. It's like, what is going on here? You shut the fridge and you go to the bathroom area, and in the bathroom there's all the things that you normally, normally use in the bathroom. What is going on here? And as you go throughout the whole cabin, you recognize, wow, this cabin has been perfectly arranged and customized for me to live here. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be strange? Wouldn't you have some questions about that? Yeah? And, and some of the questions would be, how did this happen? Maybe, maybe you got really, 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 really lucky. Maybe it was all a coincidence. Or maybe something else happened. You know, this is the same with the world that we live in, the universe we live in. Our planet, our earth that we live in is perfectly, I'm talking about perfectly arranged for humans to live in. Okay? You know, the sound team up there, they do a wonderful job. They, 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 can we give them an applause? Let's wave over this. Now, they do such a great job. They help with all the sounds over in our auditorium to make sure that everything sounds good. And they use what's called a soundboard, and that's the picture that you saw very recently. The soundboard has all these little dials on it, sliders on it, buttons on it, to where it controls the sound in the auditorium so it, you can listen to us well in all the music. And... and Imagine a soundboard, however, almost as big as this auditorium. That's huge, right? And, and, and this soundboard has hundreds upon hundreds of buttons, hundreds and hundreds of pounds of dials and, and sliders, and not, it doesn't control the, the sound, it controls the universe, okay? We're just using our imagination because... Here's what's happening. For our universe to have life as we have it now, every one of those sliders and dials and buttons have to be in the exact position for life to exist in this world. Precisely, perfectly. Let me give you an example. Imagine slider number one moves the earth in distance from the sun. You put that one notch closer, and guess what happens to the earth? It burns up. You take that slider and move it a little bit away from the sun, guess what happens to the earth? We freeze and we all die. I don't want to get morbid in here, but that's true. Okay? Say you take the gravity and you... Just change the gravity just a little bit. You know what gravity is? What keeps us on the ground. If we don't have gravity, we'd be lifting off into space. Yes, it would be cool, but probably not for a long time. But if you change that a little bit, what happens is we get pulled into the sun and we blow up, or we get spun out into outer space, into utter darkness, and I don't think that would be good news (laughs) at all. Or how about our oxygen level? If you just take that oxygen level just a little bit down, guess what happens to us? We die. Just like that. So just like the cabin, our world is perfectly customized for us as humans to live there. You know how 
what the chances are for that to happen randomly. I'm not going to give you a number because for me, numbers don't make sense. This is how I want to explain it. Imagine Dustin here. We blindfold Dustin. Wouldn't that be fun if we blindfold Dustin, Teacher Dustin? And we say we hide a coin somewhere in this auditorium, and we say, Dustin, go find this coin in the auditorium. He would have a hard time finding it, wouldn't he? The chances of him finding it wouldn't be, wouldn't be great, but he would find it. He would eventually find it. Giving him enough time, he would probably find it. Expand that search to all of Suwon. Now, now, that gets a little bit more difficult, doesn't it? How about we expand it to Korea? Okay, pastor, that's ridiculous. Blindfolded, finding a, finding a, a coin somewhere in Korea. Expand it to the entire earth. Now, this is getting really, really ridiculous. Expand it to the whole universe. Hide a coin somewhere in the universe and have Teacher Dustin go and try to find it blindfolded. What are the chances of that, right? He has a better chance of finding that coin than the chance of all those sliders, all of those dials, all of those buttons being randomly, perfectly in this position for life to exist here in our universe. There's a physicist, and he's a mathematician as well. His name is Freeman Dyson. I don't think he's a believer, but this is what he said. It almost seems as if the universe must in some sense have known that we were coming. Because it's so perfectly fitted for our life. So back to the question, how did this all come to be? In fact, this is the question that science, science has been seeking to answer for a long time now. So this is our second point, if you're, going to, if you're following along in the book. Science seeks to reveal how and when. These are the questions, how and when. Can I see a show of hands who likes science? Who likes science? Biology, chemistry, great, wonderful. Math, mathematics, all right, we've got a few in here. You know, it's so good for God's people in the church to have not just a passion for science, but... Maybe even some of you are scientists, yeah? It's so good. And maybe you might be surprised, perhaps not, but you might be surprised to know that our science, the way it is now, actually was started and and birthed from Christian people like you and me. Our science, what do you call them, Uh, scientist pioneers, right? The ones who kind of did this, They, they believed in God and a lot of them were Christians. Like who? Newton? Have you heard of him? Galileo? Francis Bacon? Yeah, Louis Pasteur? Do you know who he is? He's the guy who, who um, showed us how to make our milk safe to drink, right? And that's, that's here in Korea and across the world. And, and it was their Christian beliefs that motivated them to do science, Francis Bacon believed that God meant for us to explore the many mysteries that filled the natural world. And Newton believed that his scientific discoveries actually confirmed the the majesty, the existence, and the creativity of God. How about another shuckle quiz real quick? You guys ready? Okay. So if you a picture hangs on a wall, right? We hang a picture on the wall. What does the earth hang on? Well, well, you already answered. Lydia, huh? 
the, on the universe. Not exactly. Another one? Over there? Wow, it hangs on the solar system. That's getting even closer. I'm looking for something more specific. Is there a hand back there? Nothing. That's right. The, unit, the world, the earth hangs on nothing. Do I picture that? Nothing. And so listen, listen to these Bible verses. God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Before we had a rocket ship, that we built to go into space, we had no idea what shape the earth was. We didn't know if it was a triangle. We didn't know if it was a square. We didn't know if it was a blob. We had no idea. We didn't know if it was flat because we're on it. We had no clue. But when we actually finally got to the earth, it is. And so we can see that the earth is a circle. But before we even got the rocket ship, the Bible told us that God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. And that's in Isaiah 40, 22. Job 26, 7 says, And God hangs the earth on nothing. Nothing. So, of course, we now live in a time where science confirms the things that God has already shown us in his word. So science seeks to, and I say seeks to, very very purposefully, helps us answer some questions like how and when. And when I say seeks to, it's because science doesn't always get those accurate, right? Or, or gives the full answer. Um, but what science can never do is give you the answer of who and when. Or excuse me, who and why. For example, say I made this table. I'm not actually that able to do. But just use our imagination really well. I made this table, okay? And I gave it to a scientist and the scientist would be able to tell me possibly how it was made, right? And even maybe when it was made, just through the methods of science. But that person would not be able to tell me who made it and why that person made it. Does that make sense? Because who's the only one who can do that? The person who made this. Only that person can tell you who made it and why he made it. Kids, have you heard of um, evolution? You guys have heard of that? Yeah, that's actually something that's being taught in school, and maybe you've learned that in school, right? And, and in fact, my dad learned it in school. I was actually surprised in the 50s, 1950s, that they were teaching evolution in school. Um, so, and, and the thing is, Teaching it's fine. Learning about it's fine. I mean, we can learn a lot of things. But what's, I think, very important for us to understand is there's a difference between learning something and learning something as being true, right? And so right now in, in school, they're teaching this, and a lot of people believe that this is true. It's, it's just another way of believing of how we got here, how humans exist on the earth. So... I want to help you understand that this, this, this thing that we learn about evolution, they say it's based on science. And I want to help you understand that even, it's not even based on science at all. Okay? So let's understand science. Science simply is understanding something that's true by seeing it. True? If I see it, then I can, it's, it's real. I can taste it, it's real. I can touch it, it's real. Right? So it means science is observable. We can see it. True? 
And also, another thing about science is it's repeatable. We can see it happening again and again and again and again. And then we say, okay, it's not just something random. It actually, it's real. This is, this is something that's true. Well, the, the part of evolution is that evolution believes that um, there's changes from kinds happen over millions and billions of years. What do I mean by kinds? Kinds are like things like cats and dogs. Yeah? But evolution can believe that cats can turn then into dogs over millions and billions of years. Fish and, and, and birds are different kinds, aren't they? This is what the Bible teaches, that they're different kinds. But evolution believes that one kind can change to another kind, like fish to a bird or an animal to a human being. Those are different kinds, but that's what evolution will tell you that is true, that one kind can change to another kind over billions, millions and billions of years. Okay? That's the core of evolution. And, and so using, and they say this is science, but if you ask the question, um, can, tell, can, have, and has anyone seen this? <laughs> has anyone observed this with their eyes? No, it happens over billions and anybody a billion years old? Anybody? No, no. We, we don't live that long. Millions of years even. It's something so we cannot see it, right? But even just take that away and say, okay, then show me something right now, not using faith, not using faith, to show me something right now, scientifically, that I can see with my own eyes, that you can show me evidence that there is a change from one kind to another kind. No one, I'm telling you, no expert in evolution, no, how, no matter what PhD they have, whatever schooling they have, no expert can ever give you that evidence to show you that there is actually a change from one kind to another kind. Can bacteria adapt and become a, a better kind of bacteria? Absolutely, but still same, stays the same as bacteria. Can a bird change in, in, over years and their beak change and the look change? Absolutely. But that's still a bird, okay? Those don't change from one kind to another kind, which is the core of the question, how did we get here? Evolution believes that an animal, like an ape, became a human. That's a change of kinds. But even based on science, that is just there's no evidence for it. And do you know what it is to... To believe in something that has no evidence? It's faith. It's exercising faith, but I would say it's blind faith. It's blind faith. It's, there's, it's more like wishful thinking and wishful hoping, but this is what a lot of people are saying is true, and listen up, everyone. You have to be careful who you believe to be true. We as human beings come to know what is true by when somebody tells us that it's true, especially somebody who is in authority telling us something is true. That's how we come to know what is true. And we have to be careful who we trust when somebody's saying this is true. That's a gift that we give. And I'm telling you, and you can find this and choose this for yourself, that that authority alone is God. Because he's... He's the creator of it all. And so be careful because that is a life and death matter when you are putting your trust and your faith in something that is true because something that is true should have evidence. That's really actually real faith. 
Real faith has substance. And, 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 and these things that even we cannot see with our natural eyes are actually based on evidence. Let's look at Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Bible. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Did you hear that? It's evidence of things not seen. Faith without substance and evidence is actually no faith at all. Okay? So in this series, we're going to take a look at some of the substance and evidence of unseen things that we believe in as Christians. Pastor, is that even possible? Yeah, it is. Come. Let's, let's explore together. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be so helpful for us. And, and bring people who, who want to know God, but they don't know God. Who may be interested in Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. Bring them. Let's, let's have these conversations together. Yeah? Because I think this is what we're going to do. We're going to the foundation of our faith. And it's going to be, we're going to see Jesus. I said earlier that a scientist may be able to tell you how this table was made. And possibly when this table was made, and here's our last point, but only the creator who, who made it can reveal to you who and why it was made. And it's the same with our world. It's the same with our universe. Only the creator can reveal who made this world and why he made it. And that's God. That's God. This is the claim of Christianity, okay? That God... The creator has done just that. He has revealed to us that he is the creator. And he has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Because to know Jesus is to know the creator. There's people who don't know, who never believed in God, but they come to know Jesus and they believed in God through Jesus. That's how God has revealed himself to us, is through Jesus. And to know Jesus is to know God. Let's go to John 1.1. And it starts the same as Genesis chapter 1.1. In the beginning. That's how it starts. But instead of telling us the act of creation like Genesis did, the apostle John goes to show us who was that creation when creation came into being. It was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made, and in Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And this starts to open up And reveal to us the why. We see the who, but now we get to see the why. Because in Jesus is life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The Bible tells us again and again that Jesus is life. But if you don't have Jesus in your life, it means you are dead. Obviously not physically. Physically we're not dead. But spiritually and at the core of who you are, you are dead because you are separated from life himself. 
So that is why we are dead when we are born into this world. Physically alive, but dead at the core. The Bible also tells us that we sin because we are sinners. Our first sin doesn't make us a sinner. It's the other way around. We sin because we are born sinners. And a sinner simply is somebody who is dead to God, who is separated from God. And so we are born as slaves of sin. And this is why Jesus was sent into this world so that we could have life because he alone is life. We were created, human beings were created to be godlike, godlike, holy and blameless, righteous, beyond reproach, full of grace, full of truth, full of God's love. But we as sinners have fallen short of that glorious standard fallen way short of it. Jesus said, listen, Jesus said if you commit adultery, then you, excuse me, if you have lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. That's what Jesus said. If you hold anger in your heart, then you're the same as a murderer. That's what Jesus said. Because his standard is the standard. If you lie, you are a liar. If you've ever taken something from somebody else, you are a thief. Okay? If you've ever done anything sexually immoral, then you are a sexual immoral person. That is not my words. That is God's standard. That is His law. And if somebody says, well, I don't believe in His law, it doesn't matter. Just because you don't believe in the law and you break it, you still are guilty of it. It doesn't matter if you believe in it, agree with it or not. A law is a law, and if you break it, you are guilty of it. And the Bible tells us such people will never inherit the kingdom of God. And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us to convict us of our sin because if, he, if we don't know that we are sinners, we have no need for a Savior. We can't come to know Jesus who is the life and the light of men. I think it was Unjin, our worship leader, who said this morning as we're meditating on this verse, the light of men, if we don't, if we don't have light, we're just in darkness have you ever tried to walk around in darkness? This is what you do. Ow! You run into things. What is this? I think, it's, I think this is young men. No, this is too muscular. Excuse me. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't know what it is. You have no idea. But when the light comes on, <laughs> we can see. God said in the beginning, let there be light. And then there was light. Jesus is the word of God. And he is the life and the light of men. And I'm telling you. That God wants to convict you and I of sin. When we were born as sinners. So that we can come to know Jesus. It's out of his love that he shares this with us. Because his love is not permissive love. Do you know what I mean by permissive love? 
do whatever you want. That's not love. If I said to my daughter Uni, do whatever you want, go outside and do whatever you want, you guys would not tell me that that's loving, especially as she starts walking down the street in the middle of buses and other things. You would not tell me that I was being loving. True? Their love says no to things that hurt another person. Sin hurts, destroys, and only brings death. And for those who sin, the wages of sin is death, and the judgment of sin is death. But God brought Jesus. He sent Jesus to take that punishment of death in place of you for our sins, in our place, so that we would never have to be judged for our sins ever again. Three days later, you know what happened after Jesus died? God raised him from the dead. For anybody to believe then in Jesus can also have his life, that life. And that is what the Bible tells us. He who confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in his heart that he raised him from the dead will be saved. And that is the truth. And that is God's love to show that to each and every one of us so that we know that Jesus is the life and the light of all men. Praise God. Romans 1.20, I'll end with this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. God has made it, the made the world, created your life situation so that you are without excuse to know not only that God is real, but that his purpose is real for your life. To know Jesus, and that's his love to you.